And we thought we'd do something different this, uh, this way to wind up this whole series we've been doing on the, um, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I have gained so much in the preparation of the sermons. You've you got to know this, that whenever I preach, I gain a whole lot more than what I'm able to give. And so uh, it, the, the studies are always a blessing for me. I've learned a lot about the fruit of the Spirit. I don't think I really realized beforehand. And I've really been blessed by the messages that others on the staff have preached, and it's, it's just been good food for me to, uh, to digest. But we just kind of wanted to wrap it up in a way that's, that's a little different because not always is a sermon perhaps the best way to learn. Sometimes from conversations or discussions, the best learning occurs. And so some of our staff are here this morning to just share out of the abundance of their wealth and wisdom the insights that they've gained through this study um, of the fruit of the Spirit. So let's just join in and listen and, and grow together. Tom mentioned that there are lots of ways people learn, not just from the preaching and all. And I think everyone got or was offered one of the catalogs with classes and Bible studies and all the groups that you can be a part of, because these represent the gazillion ways that people do learn, whether it's in a group or a class or around tables or uh, meeting at a restaurant with, uh, with friends. Uh, I know so many people already talk about the sermons. In a good way, Tom, in a good way. Uh, because they, 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 they're, they're thought-provoking. There's things to talk about afterwards. And yes. so people go home or go to the restaurants or uh, later in the week when they, they meet up with people from church who heard the same message, uh, have things to talk about. And so we're going to do that today. Uh, and just as teachers know that not all the, the learning happens at school, sometimes it happens at home through the homework and, the, and talking with mom and dad about the, the stuff they're, they're, they're learning. It happens. And so we're going to be learning on stage. It's not, and not just you guys out there learning from our abundance of wisdom and knowledge, because uh, there, there's not that much. Um, uh, but but we've been learning from each other uh, over the course of, of sharing couches and chairs this morning, and I've really enjoyed it. And so to kick us off, uh, after nine weeks of sermons about the different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, I just want to ask you guys up here with me, what stands out to you from those nine messages? What are, what are you still thinking about and, and stuck with you uh, that you're kind of energized and changed something in your mind, maybe? Well, for me, first of all, it was Brad Pontius being willing to bring up Harry Potter in his sermon. That was interesting. But the idea, he took, you know, he showed, he was preaching on goodness that Sunday, and he, and he talked about Jesus cleansing the temple as being the, the picture of the definition of the word goodness. And I had never really made that connection in my, my brain. Roger talked about um, meekness, and, you know, the Bible says, Moses was the meekest man. I never really picture Moses as meek. And so part of the challenge for me was sort of redefining these terms in my own head. What, what God, how God defines them versus how the culture sort of watered down the definition a little bit. And then that picture of Jesus in the temple as a, as a picture of, of aggressive and even violent goodness was startling. And it reminded me that, that, that I, I am called to be vigilant about my, spirit, this, my spiritual well-being. And it's not something that I just sort of wander into, but it requires something of me, a purposefulness. Okay. Yeah, I really love this whole series, uh, starting with uh, the beginning and the question Tom asked, how does your garden grow? I loved picturing that. But particularly stuck in my mind was Alan's sermon when he talked about the mystery of this whole thing of growing spiritually, and he described it as a telltale wind of God that blows among us and manifests itself in love, joy, peace, patience, mm -hmm. goodness, kindness, 
And I just love that picture uh, brought to my mind. Uh, the guys have teased me because they know I'm going to get a grandchild story in here somehow. <laughs> but it brought to my mind planting seeds for the first time with uh, my granddaughter when she was four years old. And we got all the paraphernalia, and we went through uh, all the study of how to plant a seed. And she was so proud of her work. And after she got it done, she stood back, and she folded her little arms. She looked at me, and she said, okay, Nana, make it grow. <laughs> and I said, oh, darling, only God can make it grow. And she thought for a little bit, and she says, well, how does he do that, Nana? Oh, my, I don't know. London, it's a mystery. Something really miraculous happens down there deep in the ground. Well, she said, well, what do we do, Nana? I said, well, we wait, and we water it, and if a weed comes up, we pull it out, and all the while, God is working to do something miraculous. And, and that whole picture of the mystery of this whole thing of producing fruit and growing in our spiritual walk is, um, has, has hit me this whole series. Well, I'm glad we've got at least one person to verify that they were paying attention during your sermon. So that's, that's excellent, Alan. From the well, other sermons, what stands out to you? Well, my sermon, of course, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, have, I teach the premarital class, and in fact, um, I had them all listen to Tom's first sermon about love because he said... Love is concern, commitment to the well-being of another person. The, the other fruit of the Spirit, I think, are sequels or corollaries to being committed to the well-being of another person. That, that is the, the Spirit at work in us. And so what, what really stuck out for me would be that idea that, that um, all of us here committed to the well-being of all of us here and everyone else, uh, a way to be, a way to live, uh, a community that we, uh, and, and that's, that's the thing I'm going to remember. In fact, I felt like after Tom's sermon, I, I didn't have much to say because he said it. Mm -hmm. Commitment to the well-being of others is, is what, for me, what it was. Didn't have anything more to say, but yet you still filled a half hour with stuff to say. <laughs> it's amazing. You're good. You're good. Um, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm comfortable enough with you all to acknowledge my shallowness. The thing that I remember was that dog last week. Of course, the dog. That was a great dog. If you weren't here last week, you missed a very well-trained dog who, in spite of three or four people calling from different places trying to get the dog to come to him, which my dog would have done. Oh, me too. Um, me too. Uh, absolutely. But Shooter only responded to its master's voice mm -hmm. with the right command had self-control, uh, unlike most dogs. Uh, and so that's what, that's what I remember. And, and John sharing how self-control, possibly intentionally at the end of the list, uh, like a bookend, that love being at the beginning as a motivation and a purpose and umbrella covering all of those descriptions of the, the fruit of the Spirit, and then self-control at, at, at the back end as a reminder that it's going to take that tool of the Holy Spirit giving us the ability to control ourselves or allow God to control us so we can develop in all these ways and exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Um, which which brings us to our next question uh, th that I want you guys to weigh in on. Uh, why the fruit of the Spirit 
is important. Because I grew up thinking one thing, uh, but in, even in the last two months, I've kind of taken on a whole new view of the fruit of the Spirit. And I think you described it well. Well, you know, because context is everything. And this passage is in Galatians. Galatians is as a, as a region in Turkey. And it's not just, wouldn't it be nice if I were kinder or sweeter? In, in the churches of Galatia, there are people who have come to the church and said that salvation is by the law, by works. Paul thinks that that is the destruction of the gospel. And some of his strongest language is in Galatians. And so um, it's, it, it, it's not just about being a nicer person. It, it is, to him, the basis of the gospel, and that is the fruit of the Spirit being evidenced in your life. So why is God doing this? Because it is who we are. The, the church could be lost if, if we don't have the fruit of the Spirit visible among us, and that's Paul's big worry. Not, well, uh, people like me more if I'm kinder. It's about the gospel and about saved by grace. Not, and, and so I think that's why it's so important to God that we be a people that exhibit the fruit of the Spirit because that's, that's how he is. That's how he's loving. That's how he's saving us. And Tim, you had an experience yes. yesterday. I think you better share with all so, of them. So last week, or yesterday, we had the furniture giveaway, which uh, Bill talked about a little bit. This was, an, this was an amazing, it's an amazing day for one thing. You walk around and you see hundreds of people in their orange shirts moving furniture, working with people, um, working with these students who many of them have been in Bloomington for less than a week. Many of them have been in the United States less than a week, and many of them have been in the United States for the very first time less than a week. I got a chance to meet up with a guy. Uh, he and his wife have been in Bloomington for, for two days. She is six months pregnant, and while, she was, while he was here waiting for his number to be drawn so he could go find some furniture, um, she was at home and, and experiencing some, some uh, questionable and concerning feelings inside her stomach. That was weighing heavy on his mind. About halfway through the morning, he asked someone, he goes, I need to speak to someone, a minister here. And so I was the only one that they could find. And so... <laughs> Stinks to be them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm praying as I'm going in. Oh, what could it be? Um, but, he's, but he was telling me this. He goes, I, what do I do? Who can, where can I go? And thankfully, Christy Houston and Ronnie Rajamani were nearby, and so I enlisted their help. And we, we, we asked some good questions. He got to you know, answer a few, and they, they kind of pointed him to the next step. So the thing that was wonderful is that I got a chance to, to take this guy back to his apartment, pick up his wife. We went to prompt care, sat there while the, you know, the doctor took her back and sort of did an examination with her, came back out. Everything's looking really good right now. But, but all through that morning, he, he got to see this, and he said a couple times, there's a, there's a spirit here, a good spirit here. And, and then as I dropped him off, it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, dropped them back off at their apartment, and um, they were walking up, and he turns around, and he runs back to my, my car, and he taps on the window, and I roll it down. He goes, I had heard that this was a good place, but this, there is a good spirit here. Now, I don't know, we had, a, we had a conversation about the church, and he said, he emailed me yesterday, he said, I want to come to your church sometime. That, that says a lot about 
what happened yesterday. It's, but what it really says is the, how the Spirit works in people's lives. And we, and we get the exhilarating opportunity to feed and to play a role in someone's story that God sets up using, using stomach pains. He set this whole thing up, and we get to be part of it. That is, that's incredible but Tim, to do. you didn't come here. You came to move furniture and help these people. You say, I need to develop kindness and compassion. And so it's not about, I'm going to strain really hard to be that. A situation presents itself there is this wind blowing through us, and that wind blows on him. And who are these people? What is this that, that this guy would be willing to help and do all this? That, I mean, that's, that's why it's important. It's not, like you say, about beating them over the head with the Scripture or something. It's about who are these people and how do they treat one another and their commitment to others' well-being. That's the aroma that draws people. The wind is passing through, and, and I've felt it uh, on me and around me. Mm -hmm. um, th that's the why, exactly why. Mm -hmm. But how then? How can I grow to one day be as spirit-filled as Tim? <laughs> <laughs> that's what a thousand that was, people that are was here. A good, that was a good day out of 20 bad days. So. <laughs> how can I be like Tim on a good day? Because I, I know how to be like him on a bad day. Yeah. What, what, what's, 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 how, how, do we, how do we grow and develop in the fruit of the Spirit? That's what we all want and want. When I think about people who sort of live that way, I think of Claudia because if I'm having one of those, my 20 bad days, Claudia's sofa is a good place to go and sit down and just have her talk me into a, the, a good place. So I, I cede my time to her. And she, she shares chocolate when you do that. She has chocolate, yes. it, It's all about yeah. the chocolate, <laughs> which is always available, by the way. <laughs> How? How well, do we grow? I, you know, I think, again, it, it's a very simple thing, which is very difficult. goes back to London's question, um, how, do, how do we do that, Nana? How do we do that? I think um, my, one of my favorite chapters is John 15. And I love Alan. It, it rings in my ears because Alan says all the time, context is everything. <laughs> and uh, this, this moment in John 15 with the disciples, it's right after Jesus has washed their feet and they've had dinner together. And they're moving from the upper room to the Mount of Olives. In my mind, it's probably late because they've had dinner and, and talked and stuff. And I think it's probably foggy. And, and what I read about that area, there's lots of vineyards. So I picture Jesus and the disciples moving to the Mount of Olives and through this vineyard, and Jesus stopping, and the guys are drawing in close around him to hear what he says, and he, he picks up a, a vine that's probably full of fruit, and he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you, and you're going to bear fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think the guy is that picture of Jesus saying, you know, stay connected. Come on, guys, stay connected to me, and you can do anything. It seems so simple, but, boy, isn't it hard? Mm. Isn't it hard? Mm -hmm. But it's such a simple thing to stay connected to I know, Christ. I know we can stay connected to Christ through through reading the Word mm -hmm. and acquainting ourselves with Him through that and through prayer and, and devotional quiet time, talking to Him, uh, listening to what God is saying to us. Um, uh, but what other ways 
of can we be connected to Christ or to Christ's people? Well, you know, Paul says, live by the Spirit, and that's an imperative. It's not just sit back and this will happen. Um, his order is for them to live by the Spirit. So I think how it works is the Spirit providentially, the Spirit and the way it works, presents us with opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like a pregnant woman whose stomach hurts. Mm-hmm. And there is a, what was Roger's word? Intentionality. It's, it's an in, intent to, to be guided by the Spirit. And so here it is, an opportunity. So now I am going to live by the Spirit rather than something else. Um, I, I think that's how it works out. We're uh, aware and we're intentional. And, and things come up, opportunities. There's, there's a person in, in my work, there's a person in the hospital crying. Um, oh, I've got important things to do. No. Um, is there anything I can help you with? How, you know, here is the Spirit putting me in the right place at the right time with the order to live by the Spirit. Um, and and that's, I think that's what, that's what happens among us, and I think that's how it works out. And, and I want us to be aware of those opportunities and, and not to pass them up and to be intentional about, being, about living by the Spirit. I, I, you see that in your life all the time. Beautiful feet means that timely you are the right person in the right place at the right time in order to exhibit this fruit of the Spirit, this love that God has for humanity. I think that's what happens. You, what you, the, the idea that I'm getting from your conversation is that, that the fruit of the Spirit flows out of us in the context of other people, community. Exactly. The, exactly. It doesn't happen when I'm home watching TV <laughs> by myself. I can't, I can't grow in loving kindness when I'm, when I'm by myself. I have to be with other people. The, the, the church of Acts, they were, they were, the story we hear of them is that they were committed to a couple of things. They were committed to the breaking of bread. They were committed to the apostles' teaching. But they were also committed to fellowship. And within the context of the fellowship, things, things happened. You know, we, we, when Claudia gives a picture of the, the vineyard, that vintner, he goes in there and he's pruning and he's shaping those branches. He's training them along the wires. He's cultivating that soil. And, and if you are a, a vine or a branch, that can be a pretty aggressive, um, even violent and offensive thing to be happening in your life. The same is true at church. We, we, when we're with each other, we have the opportunity to experience some of that um, offense. We, someone, someone says something um, short to us or we get passed over, someone walks by us and doesn't say hello, uh, the parking lot is notorious for offensive things happening out there, <laughs> but, but, but that's all good. I mean, that's to the purpose, that's to the, the reason why we gather, is that these things will happen so that it, we can be stirred up, our, our roots can be sort of disturbed a little bit, and it can spur on new growth. In fact, if you're not being offended when you come to church, you're not here often enough, <laughs> or, or you're not sticking around long enough because it will happen. It should happen, I think, because that's, that's where the fruit, that's where, it's, that's where you see it when you're with other people. That's when you experience it when, it's, when stuff remember, happens. Remember in Galatia, it's not just let's be nice. It's a challenge. It's the, it's the disillusion. It's the going away of the gospel 
if we're not living by the Spirit. It's just not personal yeah. development plan. Yeah. It is who we are and what happens among us, and sometimes it hurts, sometimes it's painful. So the fruit of the Spirit isn't just for me to develop and show, but no. it's for no. Sherwood Oaks no. exactly. to develop exactly. and to show. We, we, we're winding down here, so I want to read something to you. If you've got your Bibles, we don't have it on the screen here, but 2 Peter chapter 1. If you, it, 2 Peter is towards the end of the Bible, so grab one and look at this, because I want you all to see what I saw the other day when I was reading this. First of all, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. This is, this is what... This is what Peter's reminding. Now, Peter's the same one that, Peter's learned a lesson, I think, because, because he says this, his divine power, his spirit, has given us everything we need for life and godliness, our material and physical life, as well as our spiritual life. God's spirit has got that covered. Now, we could land on that verse and meditate on that for a week. We're not going to. I want to jump down to verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Do those sound familiar to you? This is Peter's version of uh, Paul's fruits of the Spirit. Here's what he says, verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am embarrassed to tell you the number of seminars I've gone to, the number of conferences I've signed up for, the number of books I've read, the number of programs I've went through, the number of churches that have done the same thing, all in the, all in the, the attempt or the intent to be more productive and more effective. And yet here we have in the scriptures what amounts to the foundational aspects of that, if we will devote ourselves to this in ever-increasing measure, we cannot help but be productive and That's effective right. in our calling and our cause, which is to further the kingdom of heaven here on earth, to see the will of God done here just as it is there. Jesus taught us to pray this, and that's what we're going to do in just a moment. So here's how we're going to finish this. It's not about us. Right. It's not about us becoming better people, as Alan said. It's about the calling and the mission of the church of Jesus Christ. We are positioned by God's intent and God's grand scheme to be in the middle of a place where we have the world coming to us. 250 international students gathered in the fellowship hall yesterday from all over the world. Western Europe, Asia, China, Africa, they're all here. And many of them have never experienced the aroma of Jesus Christ. And it's a new sensation for them. They go, we heard there was a spirit here. And now we know there is a spirit here. We're called to live this way so that the glory of God can flood the, the, the earth just as the waters cover the sea, the, the, the Old Testament prophet said. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for ourselves, certainly. But I want us to, to stand and join hands and cross the aisles if we have to. We're going to, we're going to commit to pray for the body of Christ, that we would truly be the aroma of Jesus in our communities, in the circles that we live in. In my circle that I function in, my world, I want to be Jesus. Can we do that? We're going to take a moment just to pray silently, and then I'm going to close us in a prayer of just for our church. Let's take some time to do that.
The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, just as the waters cover the sea. We have not seen it yet, Lord. But as we allow your spirit to flow through us, we know that we will. Apart from you, we can do nothing. In fact, we mess it up. We set fires that we have to put out. We cause turmoil where there was no reason to have turmoil. And where peace and love and kindness should flourish, oftentimes it's exactly the opposite because we insist on living out our lives in the flesh. So God, forgive us. We want to turn to you. We want you to be the air we breathe so that when we inhale, we inhale you. When we exhale, we're exhaling the life of Christ right. through the situations that we're part of. Jesus, I lift up my friends to you who are new to this place and new to the Spirit, but they've caught a whiff. And I pray that they would be drawn to you, that what was begun by you will be completed by you. And Father, we pray for us as the body of Christ here in Bloomington that we would not neglect so great an opportunity that the gospel of Christ would not just be spoken, but would be lived out. We can't we can't mandate, we can't argue, we cannot convince anyone to be drawn to you. Only by your Spirit are they brought to you. And so we pray that we would be the Spirit of Christ, Christ, in our lives and in their lives. God, go with us every step we take, every word we speak. Every person we encounter, keep us our ears open and our eyes open to those moments where you're saying, speak, go, walk, run. Cause life to flourish where we step. Not that we may be exalted, not that we may be better, but that Christ may be lifted up and all men drawn to him. We pray this in Jesus' name.